Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Black Friday shopping day. It is no BS with Brian and Susan. I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm joined with the hostess, with the mostest, the person who I eat all the turkey and stuffing and gravy with Susan. <laughs> hey, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We'll day after. Yes, yes, yes. Happy day after Thanksgiving. We have an excellent, excellent, excellent show today. Episode 33 of No BS with Brian and Susan. Uh, If you're here, we love you. If you're not here yet, we still love you. Come on over, join the light side and the dark side. It is Thanksgiving, folks. We're in Dallas, Texas. It is, uh, it's finally cold outside. It's in the 50s, but it's a beautiful day. It is nice. I like it cold. Yes, we do. We have a great show. We are going to talk about Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about all the foods and all the fun stuff, what we're thankful for. And we're going to give you a little inside track to what it's like being a professional film critic during award season because it is award season and it's all the movies. It is it is basically tax time for accountants right now for film critics. So it's, uh, it's, it's lots of work. We're going to give you an insight into all the stuff we're doing and seeing and all that good stuff. We have a great blind watch, which we had a twist on it this week. Um, honorable mentions. But first, of course, The Bachelorette. This season, Michelle season, lots of stuff's happening. Lots of news has come to light mm-hmm. of past Bachelorettes and Bachelors that we have to get to. So let's get to that first, Susan. Yes. What's the big news? <sighs> uh, yeah. Yeah, before we get into Michelle's season, we got to talk about the fact that the last two leads have broken up with their choices. Blake and Katie broke up and not long after Zach and Tasha. And I mean, before we get into Zach and Tasha, because I, I think we can agree that that was way more surprising than the Blake and Katie breakup. Let's just let's just go over really quickly. Blake and Katie, the breakup. We both liked Blake. We were very happy with their choice. Are you surprised they broke up? I'm actually surprised about it. Uh, I mean, from, you know, with these shows, especially The Bachelor and Bachelorette, it just it's so scripted and it's so formulaic to a T. And so when they got together and they ended up, you know, being together we saw a glimpse of like, oh, he goes to Africa, you know, six months out of the year. She wants to stay here. How is that going to work? I mean, people do do that. They make it work. But does Katie want to be in the limelight and be a star, an actress, whatever? It didn't seem like Blake wanted to, but mm-hmm. maybe she does. I don't know. It didn't seem that way. But I guess I, I was shocked because they seemed like a good couple. Um, and to me, them breaking up, you know, it was sad, but it looks like there was something going behind the scenes because it looks like Katie's already in, in a relationship with a, another contestant. So mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. So, yeah, that's the other thing. I, I'm not going to lie. I've gotten a little bit of um, a bad taste from uh, Katie after after uh, all this, um, just because, well, well, at first I wasn't surprised just because like, 
Blake is in Africa quite a bit, which I wish they would have discussed that and figured that out. Like, obviously he kind of was um, open about that. I don't really know what she was thinking. Like, if that's the issue, it always makes me nervous when the, when the engaged couple don't figure out like a living arrangement pretty quickly. Like if you guys aren't figuring out within the first six months, Hey, who, where are we going to live together? Then I, I don't know how you're going to do it. You can't, I, I don't really fully think long distance works, especially when you're engaged. Like, right. <laughs> that's very hard. Like I, I think some people obviously make it work, but that's, it's especially in the uh, Bachelor limelight because she also not long before they broke up, she did this like, she wanted to do, she did a comedy stand-up thing that bombed apparently. She was terrible. I only saw a little bit, but it made me cringe. And I didn't even know she wanted to be a stand-up comic. I had no idea. I so, didn't know that either. I do feel like there's, there's that. And then, yeah, I, I mean- after they broke up, she did this Taylor Swift thing where she was from like a certain album. She was assigning each song to some guys from her season and even throwing shade to Thomas. I knew you were, she, he laid, he, she labeled him with, I knew you were trouble, which I also thought was a little like cringy. I, I don't know. I'm like, leave the past in the past. That might be a little bit like, I mean, do whatever you want. I guess I shouldn't judge, but it just felt a little like she has some saltiness still in her with with all this stuff because it just seemed like a dig, uh, which Thomas and Becca are still happily together. And that actually caused Becca to unfollow Katie Thurston after that. Oh, um, snap. Yeah, you know, that's a big deal. That's a that's a big diss. But uh, yeah. And then she ended the whole thing. The reveal of how she was still with how she ended up with John was I forget what song she put him with, but then they showed them like kissing and being together. And that was really weird because her and John were really close friends while her and Blake were dating. But, and there were rumors, are there something going on between those two? But they're like, no, 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 we're just friends. So for that quickly, for her to be with John after her breakup with Blake, Blake has now been accusing her of emotionally cheating in their relationship. So, oh, so Blake and Katie are not on good terms, really. Well, Blake unfollowed her after she revealed she's dating jo uh, John. He's oh, man. Yeah. So I, I think they were good. And they had posted a very like respectful breakup and stuff. I think it was very mutual as far as why they broke up. But the fact that he she was already with John right after, that's where it left a bad taste in his mouth. Because it's like, okay, well, you guys were hanging out in friends this whole time. So when did when did friendship become more than that? Because it's not, it's been what, like a week since our breakup, you know, it's a little. So do you think the connection and the love and the sparks were real ish with Blake and Katie to begin with? I, I do. I do. I think they had a very strong physical attraction. I think they were crazy, like physically attracted to each other and they had very similar senses of humor. And so they bonded with that. And I do feel like it was real. I don't want to diss their, their love. I think they truly meant what they said in the moment, but then real life hit and she didn't want to be with somebody that was going to be in Africa that often. But I also, I mean, I'm not saying he's innocent in all this. He went on to say he's, he went on bachelor bachelorette twice and 
says he wants all these things. So he needs to make it work on his end too. Like they should have worked together to make this relationship work. If they, if all those things they said were true, they should have worked harder. I think they thought they meant it, but when reality, when the reality shows over and real world hits, like that's the true test. So yes, that is the real test. Uh, It's, it's sad that they didn't give it, uh, get it to go because I actually, I like them, but now it's, um, so what, what's next for them? Like, is it just Katie and John now? Do you think they'll show up on another show or what's the deal? No, if you're in a couple, they're not going to really like, unless they show up in like a, if, if for some reason they want to bring them for like an after the final rose or something, but I, I doubt it. I mean, that just means that they're together and people will follow them and see how long they last. But I, I'm not sure how long they will last. You never know. Um, I guess you, I, I, but I, I was surprised how quickly Katie and Blake broke up. I would have given them a year. I thought they would have lasted at least a year. So. Right, right. Yeah, I, it seemed like they really liked each other, but uh, that's not the case, I guess. And so yeah. the, the the bigger news was Tasha and Zach. And mm-hmm. I have my thoughts on it because I know nothing about their relationship other than that they ended up together and now they're broken up. But I do have that's thoughts it. That's on all it. you knew. Oh, OK. No, yeah, that's all I knew. OK, well, why don't you say your thoughts and I'll give the scoop that I know. OK, so from what it seems like. I guess Zach had a lot of issues with sobriety Mm -hmm. and I mean, he went on looking for love, but it doesn't seem like he wanted to be part of the limelight, the reality show circuit or anything. And it seems very much like she did. She wants to be the actress, the starlet. And maybe that caused friction or maybe, Oh, and then on the other hand, maybe he had a relapse and she couldn't deal with it. I don't know, but Mm. it's weird to me that they, they seemed great together. Mm-hmm. They seemed like an odd couple, but it seemed like uh, they were great together. So for this to happen, I don't know what the deal is. So give me the scoop. Well, I think the biggest shocker to everybody as far as like when Zach and Tasha broke up is they broke up maybe like a week after they did this New York marathon. I think it was New York. Um, but this huge marathon that was so sweet. I mean, the encouragement, all this, everybody was like, how did they break up after that? You know, like it was, you'd think that was a bonding experience. Um, but again, they were not living together for, they've been together over a year and they were still not living together. She was, I think in California and he was in New York and you are right. He is definitely not a limelight person. Um, I don't really follow Zach, but anytime I have checked on him, I don't think he's one of those like check out my fab fit fun box or, you know, like trying he's not an to, influencer. He's not an influencer. Yeah, he's not an influencer, which I love. I think that's great. Um, which is another reason why I thought they would make it because I was like, okay, he's not here for fame. I don't think he was one that was trying to seek fame. Um, he was also like 37 years old. So he seemed like he was ready to settle down. And, uh, Yeah. So I think there was, they had, from what I've read, they were people or sources are saying they just were not right for each other. Um, I think, I think you kind of have the right idea as far as like just different lifestyles. I think he's not an influencer and she is in, she's a star right now. She's uh, the host of the bachelorette, a co-host. She's done like uh, entertainment reporting. She's, I mean, people love her. So I, I don't see her wanting to leave that. So I I don't know. I think it's, I think it's another case of 
once they try to go out in the real world, they realize they maybe wanted different things. It's kind of crazy to me though, because she wants five kids. So I'm like, huh? you better she get on five that. Kids. She wants five kids, but she also wants to be the star and center of attention. It doesn't make sense to me. And wouldn't they, you know, they have that overnight that they can do to talk about all this stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I mean, maybe you're caught up in the moment like, yeah, yeah, we're going to move together. We're going to do this. But then it doesn't happen. I, I mean, really thought she would move to New York because New York is still a a place where you can do the fame thing. You know, I'd say L.A. and New York are the two spots, but they're also polar opposite places. Like, I would not want to live in New York. But I wouldn't want to live in L.A. either. <laughs> I would. I don't want to live either. I, yeah, I don't want to live in L.A. as well. But I've, I've, I've heard that that's a very that can be not everybody wants to make that difference. Um, I mean, hell marriage story. <laughs> you want to go there. There's right, so much right. space in LA. There's just, there's so much more space. So uh, that's, but I feel like there's more to it than that. I think there's more. It is crazy though, because on their one year anniversary, they did make a post that made it seem like they were really good. And Again, just a few months later, they broke up or whatever into their engagement. I, I'm really shocked about that. There's a little part of me that wishes they could work it out because I, I thought this was kind of her. I love them together like afterwards, but yeah, it's just sad. Yeah. I, I don't know. So I'm telling you, people, you need to like the minute you guys get together, take it like these paradise couples. I'm following them. All of them, Marissa and Riley, they're basically living together. Mari and Kenny, they are like, if they're not living together, they act like they are. Oh, Chris and Alana, that couple that got like basically voted off the island. You yeah. remember? Yeah. They moved in together. They are stronger than ever. That couple. No, they, they seemed like a good deal. It just like they went about it the wrong way. Right, right. So I'm just saying like people like that is my that's my biggest thing. If I see that they're not living together pretty close and they're they're just doing their own thing. What about Joe grocery store, Joe? And um... they are hanging out together very often. They visit so and they spent Thanksgiving together. So they're still good. Even Abigail and Noah are good. They're not living together, but they're hanging out very frequently. He seems to want to take things really slow. Yeah, I I would say that I'd be most nervous about them from what I see, but that that's also uh, Becca and Thomas, they seem like they're living together. I think he's moved into her place. So okay. these people, they just they spent Thanksgiving with her family. So I I just that's that's the stuff I, I I observe. If you're not hanging out with each other like very often, as you should, if you're engaged, you'd want to be with your significant other a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. No, yeah, that's crazy. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, take take the cue from those Bachelor in Paradise people. But yeah, uh, Tasia Zach, maybe we'll see them on another show. I I mean, I would imagine we might see Tasia, but. I guess if she's hosting, which I just don't think those two are great hosts at all. I don't see why the point of them being there, really. I will. Um, well, OK, now, since you bring that up. Um, OK, so we wish the best for those four that broke up. Um, I I still there's a little part of me that kind of hopes Tasha and Zach might get together, but um, uh, probably not. But getting um, you bring that host up, actually, before we get into Michelle's season, since we are about to talk about that. 
I don't know if you've also noticed the significantly less amount of airtime that Tasha and Caitlin have gotten this season compared to Katie's season, which I'm not complaining about. But yeah, what are your thoughts of them as a host this season? There, there's no thoughts. They're just mm-hmm. there. They're bland. Yeah. They come out literally like the last episode or two. They just came out and said, "Gentlemen, this is the final rose." <laughs> right. Say right. your goodbyes, and that was it. I'm like, why are you here? Uh, there's there's no reason for them to be there and like even so whatever the cameras do show on the actual filmed episode it's just canned like there's no personality Mm -hmm. to them i mean the only thing that they've done that i can say is kind of cool was um what's her name not taisha but the other one caitlin Caitlin was when she helped Katie uh, during that breakdown. Uh-huh. And that was the only thing other than so, that. I was like, why are they there? They, they don't need a host. Well, I would say that Tasha also helped Michelle this season when she didn't feel seen. Okay. The slumber party. That was though. Those were the two moments that Caitlin and Tasha, um, like you said, the, it seems to me that I don't think they need both of them. I think either one of them are capable. I I do like the idea of a female host for Bachelorette because I do think that a Bachelorette will feel more comfortable to confide in a woman. So I would say pick one of them. I don't think you need both because they are not doing anything really. So have one of them there and be the confidant, but have real conversations like when Caitlin had the one with Katie or when um, Tasha had the one with Michelle and don't make them feel so whatever canned and stuff, but yeah, uh, I think they're okay. I actually, I still think Tasha is a better host than Caitlin. I think she's a little bit more natural on camera. Uh-huh. So if it were up to me, I would just give the role to Tasha and let it be and have her there whenever it's needed. I mean, towards the end, they, they didn't use much of Chris as much either. Um, cause I think he was already on the way out the door, but yeah, yeah. they're, they're, they're just bland. I, eh. mm-hmm. so so with Michelle's season, so we're next next episode is hometowns with the it's crazy how fast they went. Yeah, and so still to this day, to this episode that there really there's no guys that I really have just loved. There's one yeah. guy still left out of the four that I like. Oh, um, okay just one. Okay. And the others, uh, one got voted off, uh, this past episode, um, that I liked, but there's only one left that I was like, I'm just like, okay, I like him more than the rest, but the others, I just don't, uh, none of them I care about. And it's just like, it's just a boring season so far for the most part. It's like the same shit. Like, I don't like it. (laughs) Okay. I would actually agree with you. This is one of the weaker seasons hands down. And she has like the worst group of guys in a long time. Um, I don't really like any of this. It's very hard to, to click. And she's picking the wrong ones. It's so weird to me. See, I disagree on that. I don't think she's picking the wrong ones. I think she's picking what I would imagine you would pick if you're there. She's actually eliminating drama very quickly, which I really respect. But I don't think she had a great group to begin with. I think right. her guys are not. She's picking what she has to choose from. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say her as a bachelorette, I don't know your thoughts. I think she's a really great person. I like her as a person. I think she's level-headed, smart, um, you know, beautiful and classy, so classy. Um, I think her personality 
is average. She, I agree with everything you sh- you just said. She's boring as fuck. I don't think she's. I didn't say that. <laughs> she's boring <laughs> as fuck, is what I, I think. I don't think she's boring. She's just not like she's boring. It it's so hard to like. Oh, so you thought like Katie was fun then? Katie Thurston? You didn't think she was boring? I thought Katie was not boring at all. I thought mm-hmm. even even. Even though I didn't like Claire, Claire was not boring either. Well, Claire is entertaining for different reasons. Right. She is just like, which, by Nuts. the way, in case people didn't know, round two of Claire and Dale is officially done. They had a bad, ugly breakup. I don't know if we talked <laughs> about that, but I don't know why they attempted. That was just funny. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> that was. Oh, and she flat out admitted that he was uh, like just using her for fame. But uh, anyways, Claire was entertaining because she was like, you know, nuts, nutty, <laughs> but Taisha to me is one of the best bachelorettes there's ever been. She yeah, Taisha was awesome. Taisha she, was awesome. She was like up there. She's like, I think in my top three, cause she was so, so much personality, so much vibrance. And I, I don't know. I think just Michelle is more calm and that's not, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I don't want to say boring. Cause I feel like she'd be a cool person to hang out with. But maybe she's just not like the strongest bachelorette. She boring. I can't just like every time she's on screen, I'm like, oh, here we go again. (laughs) Just show me the dudes, (laughs) even though I don't like the dudes. She just may not be the most memorable bachelorette, unfortunately. Yeah. And why would they pick her? Like, I mean, people liked her, I guess. People yeah. loved her and I think they liked her as a, they, they liked the teacher. They liked the idea of a teacher to bring in the kids. They probably saw a lot of potential with puns and yeah, students yeah. and things like that. So they, they wanted her. They actually wanted her before Katie. And that's why they did the two bachelorettes because Michelle could only film during the summer. And I actually think that's why they've expedited this season. They've never uh-huh. done it to where from top eight, they go straight to hometown. And right. I think it's to make sure she's able to make it to her class teaching again okay. yeah so um i get it i get why they picked her i just think that maybe yeah she's not exactly like i think brie would have been a so much better choice for matt season i loved brie i like Number- brie as well i do yeah. like brie yeah she i think she would have been really cool as bachelorette she was a cool fun chick but um anyways yeah and then i think in general her taste in guys because they she has a very her initially her platter of men were very Jersey shore. I was like, what is this? And that they go based off her, her taste in guys. So that is crazy. And then there's two guys still left in it that look exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, so, okay. Well, just to harp on it, I'm really happy that she got rid of like the three biggest villains that stood out right away. Well, I guess four, if you throw in Martin now, but Jamie pizza Pete and Chris S who I think might've been an actor. Chris S like he was way too much of like like that dude him her, him going to Nate's date and just like doing like that you, was great that was like you knew your time was done like the producers like here's a hundred bucks just do this like you're going home anyways go out with with this memorable we, we've guaranteed you a ticket to paradise you know yeah like, yeah so that that I'm just glad that they're gone I'm assuming you didn't like any of those guys I don't know. I didn't like any of those guys. I didn't. I never liked Martin either. No, and, she, I, and she liked him. Yeah, I don't. I did not understand that. And like, 
I, the, the hardest I ever laughed was with, with him when she was having a conversation with him and then his ride home. <laughs> oh like, yeah. And he was like, was he was like, I'm not sad that I'm leaving. I just feel bad for her. Like yeah. she's, I was like, Oh no, I laugh so hard when that little girl, when he was talking to her and trying to be all smooth, the little girl. And she's like, I don't, I don't like Martin. Yeah. He's trying to show off and he wears too much cologne. Oh, that, I was, that like, was amazing. That shit. I was like, that's gold. Oh man. Yeah. No, I did not. I don't know what she saw in Martin also because their one-on-one date that they had was boring. You want to talk about boring as like F like that was boring. I, I was so, I was like, I don't know where she would have given him a rose to continue. That would have been my, okay. So I can't give you this rose because you suck at conversation. Yeah. No, none of it seemed natural. No, 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 no. So, I mean, in general, okay. So before, before we say, who do you like that's still there? Who did you like that has left? Um, I, so basically the only, well, the two of them, I guess, and I'm trying to remember their names, uh, on this last episode, the guy that she went on the one-on-one date with, um, the guy that that, that built the fort. Oh, Clayton. So you like Clayton. I like Clayton. And then I like the other, the, the guy, which I liked him, but he seemed really intense. He had intense eyes. He wore like the purple. Rick. I like Rick. I think he's a good dude, but he's just like so intense. And it always seems like, I don't know if he's going to kill somebody or if he's going <laughs> to love somebody. Like, it's just like, I don't know where he's coming from. <laughs> I actually agree with you about Rick. He is so, that's why I couldn't get, I liked Rick as a person, but I was like, he's so intense. Yeah. It's too, and it's not, he doesn't like loosen up. Like let's have right. fun. Like it's too intense. Um, I liked Clayton enough. Um, I don't know if you already knew he's been, he's the next bachelor. He is, which Clayton is weird is- to me too. Wow. Is it because the kids liked him? Like what, why, why? So I was going to get on that, but will, I'll go ahead and say just cause yeah. Cause I, I want to ask your opinion on why you like Clayton because so they picked Clayton, um, while I think even Katie season was going on like you know like they are no 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 not Katie season I'm sorry they picked him while paradise was going on and they had announced that the producers love someone so much that they picked him as the next bachelor right after he left so that's the quickest they ever picked a bachelor from a show they Crazy. normally yeah they normally don't do that and so this whole season we all knew that he was bachelor and we've been waiting we've been like what was it about him that the producers love so much? So after this episode, I was kind of like, okay, the kid thing, like the kid thing. Well, like I liked him since the beginning, but he didn't ever get enough screen time, which makes mm-hmm. sense because like maybe they figured out like, oh, he's going to have all the screen time. But when I looked him up last night, like on a social media, and I'm like, oh man, like the, the dude looks like He's a handsome dude. He's tall. He's got a fucking like 12 pack on his stomach. Yeah. So I get the physical aspect. And then, you know, every time he talked with Michelle, it looks like he, you know, he can get emotional. It looks like he can emotional in a good way. Mm-hmm. looks like he's there. And it seems like he's good with people and has yeah. a personality. I get it. I don't get the like, this is the end all be all guy, but I'm happy that it will be him because after the last bachelor, Matt, who was a, mm-hmm fucking wet noodle that was you know didn't have much of a personality either uh maybe they're going in a different direction i don't know but it's interesting yeah interesting that he's the next one 
Well, you say that about Matt and Matt and Rachel are still together and happy. That's no, no, no. That's still hanging out. Mm -hmm. I I happy they are. Like I was never against them. The whole (laughs) thing with her thing. I was like, it's up to him to, you know, choose. And no, you you actually bring up a good point because I do agree with you. He didn't show his personality, and and some people don't shine through the camera their personalities, right? Like they're more. And what I've noticed is because I didn't think Rachel had much of a personality on Matt's season either, and them on Instagram are like two different people. So <laughs> it could be that they just they needed some people are better after the show is True. over. Okay, so maybe that's why. Yeah, Matt and Rachel going strong. Let's I hope they last, but. With Clayton, what I think might have been, there's multiple factors, and that's what these other podcasts are talking about. One, it could have been a timing thing where they had to pick someone fast. And they're like, let's go with him. But I actually think, well, one, he's probably the best looking guy of the season outside of Joe and Nate, I would say outside of Joe and Nate, like those are the physically the best looking of the bunch, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, let's be honest. Like, but I don't like Joe and Nate though, so. Oh, okay. Then I thought it was going to be one of them that you like that's still there. So interesting. So don't tell me yet. But yeah, so um, so those are the three that are physically, right? That are supposed yeah. to be good looking. And then Clayton, I think, has a clean, like, there's no drama surrounding him. He seems like a nice enough dude. Everything that you were saying. And he, yeah, the kid thing. So I think it's a, it's a timing thing. Um, they thought he was sweet enough and, uh, I don't know what's going like Nate is probably, I don't think Nate would make a good bachelor because he's too suave. He's too much of like a, maybe his confidence can come off arrogant. So I don't think they're going to go with someone like that. And then Joe is too quiet. So I would say that that's probably what narrowed him down. Like literally Clayton is the best of the bunch. Um, I, I do like Rodney and I think Rodney would be a good dude, but as much as I love Rodney, I don't think he's the physical appeal for them. And he's too sugary sweet. He's a little too, um, he's probably like too nice for them. What they're looking for. They're looking for, he, they actually keep saying that Clayton is kind of like bring it back old school bachelor choice. So it makes sense. But yeah. Rodney is my favorite. Like I knew you were going to say Rodney. Okay. That's, I, that, lo- that, I understand that. I understand that. Um, he's the sweetest. He's the most fun. He genuinely gets a laugh. He knows how to be funny. He's got personality. And the only reason I can't see him with her, I mean, he's a firefighter and that's, I mean, when you get into a relationship with somebody like that, with a firefighter, you have to go in knowing full well, like tomorrow or today might be the last time you see them. Like they could die at their job, like more Mm -hmm. so than anybody else could. And maybe that's something you don't want to get into in the long run. Mm -hmm. But Rodney, like, is an awesome fucking dude. Like he's amazing i love the way he treats her i love the way like oh show me this this is amazing like this is so cool and like and then the other two nate and joe are just oh my they don't have any fun they're only what you know, I, I don't Nate's like it. fun nate's fun don't like it but you don't maybe you don't think but, nate has fun nate is totally nate, like a fun dude maybe he is a fun guy i don't know i just it seems like Michelle is all about basketball and sports or whatever. I don't know. And those two are maybe not Rodney so much. 
Um, Cause who's left? Well, you can't forget baby Brandon. Oh, oh yeah. Baby I, call, Brand- I call Brandon baby because he's a little boy. Like no, he's like 21 years old. And this last episode was so cringeworthy. So cringy. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was I like, was how, dying. how much was that set up? Like how much was all Brian, of that set up? He legit, when they said they got to the ice cream spot, he's like, oh my God, we're having ice cream. Like, I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? He's like, like a little boy who's like, oh, my parents never let me have ice cream this early. You know, like I just I just feel like he to me is the most I keep describing him as a high school student who has, has fallen in love with his teacher. Yes. His first love. It's his first love. He's never known love like this before. She's so mature and beautiful. Like he admires her like he would admire a celebrity because as much as because even if you were hot for teacher, like, you know, that's the closest thing to a celebrity you'd feel like. Right. And he means like I think he's a good dude. I think he means everything he says as much as a high schooler would like. Yeah. No, you know, I, you, you know yeah, I, I like Brandon more than Joe and Nate. Um but Brandon's just way too young. And I think he's, I have no idea why she kept him around just for that reason. But then like, she likes this, him too. She says she's like, she's, she's, he got she a, likes him and Nate a lot because that's what this episode, she said to both of them that she was like, falling my heart's beating so fast like all that stuff she didn't and say I it don't the other get two. it and maybe she likes young kids i don't know she likes the young brandon like she likes the student teacher thing but like mm-hmm. that whole sequence when she took him to her house where her parents live and they got in the hot tub secretly so and then the parents came back and i was they couldn't like, even act they could yeah. not even act like that was her dad her dad legit didn't even try her yeah. dad just walks in and is like Oh, is this, are we doing this now? Is this, did yeah. we do it right? Are we supposed to act surprised? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so bad. And then, so yeah, they're in the hot tub. They're supposed to be like, you know, the kids coming home secretly to make out in the hot tub. Parents are gone. Parents show up and they catch them and it's, you know, whatever. It's so stupid. But so then bad. what proceeded after that was the most cringeworthy thing. They're on The Bachelorette. And this young baby boy, Brandon, is left alone with the parents to talk. And instead of talking, he asks them for her hand in marriage. (laughs) And I literally fell off the couch. I'm like, holy (laughs) fucking Moses. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, seriously, you're already asking for that? Like, right now? Like, I died. I seriously died. I was just like, you, he is trying so hard. He's doing all the things he thinks he's supposed to be doing. And I just don't know if he's feeling those emotions. He's just like, I know what to do. Like, oh, I just I can't with him. There's no way like <laughs> I, I I don't get it. Like because he even flirts like a kid. He flirts like he's like, yeah, like he threw he throws lines. He says things that he's supposed to say. It's just so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like him, but man, I have no idea why she's kept him around. And I mean, I wonder if she found out, like, do you think during the show, like the producers are like, hey, look at this, or like Tasha's like, oh shit, look at this. Or do you don't think they know everything until they see it on air? Because if she saw that, like that's crazy. I mean, maybe she I think likes she that. Would maybe like she- it right now. 
Yeah. It, I, oh my God. That oh. I literally I think she almost likes him right now. Yeah. I fell off the couch when I, that happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think he's like, I don't dislike him. I just think he's really young. So I'm like, I'm surprised that he's still there, but who knows? She might, he might be like, I thought top dude, I, I thought top two would be Joe and Nate. I thought that would be the case, but now I'm thinking it might be Nate and baby Brandon, because those are the two that she said that she was like heart beating fast. Oh, I want Rodney so much to win this. He deserves so it. So that's that's who you'd like to see her end up with. No, well. yeah, one hundred and ten percent Rodney. Because I guarantee you, if Joe or Nate win, they aren't going to last. I agree with that. Actually, um, Rodney is the best dude, but it's too much friend vibe. She's he's in the friend zone. I think she likes him, but she's going to see that she has much more of a romantic chemistry with the other three. Um, Joe is very like quiet. I don't know his, I still was hesitant about Joe just because of the ghosting thing. Like I wasn't <laughs> exactly sure, but then I thought he explained himself pretty well in the, on their date with the way he is. So I'm not sure, but I'm agreeing with you. I think even if she picked Nate or Joe, I don't see, I mean, even Br baby Brandon, that's not going to work, but no, I think no, none of those. I, I will absolutely see. Uh, Rodney working because I feel like he would make it work. He's he's for real. He's for yeah. Real. The other three are not. Uh, but I, she ain't gonna pick Rodney. I'd be no. shocked if she did, and I wish I wish she would. I think she's gonna pick Nate. That's yeah. Who I unfortunately, think yeah. I don't. I don't. So no. why don't you like Nate and Joe? I'm just curious. I don't. I just don't think. I think they have a like an aura or personality around them where they try. They they want to be as cool as they can. They come off with just like. I'm too cool for school vibe. Um, mm. And I just don't think they'll last. Like I, it won't, it won't end well for them. And maybe I will, maybe I'm completely wrong, but from what has been shown on the show, I don't get it. They get, they have a schmarmy attitude to me rather than Rodney and Brandon don't. Like they come off as genuine. I think Brandon yeah. just is too young to he's, he's, too you know too dumb to know what's happening right now in the adult world like unfortunately give him 10 years and he's going to be on the top of his game but uh -huh. and rodney it, great dude so far yeah. from what we've seen but uh the other two i think they're in it for fame and model and all that stuff that's where i okay. really think you could be right i'm i'm certainly not like I don't, I'm with you. I don't love anyone. I actually would say if I liked anyone the most this season, it was Rodney. Cause I, on his date, I saw a very genuine person. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think I've just been trying to see who I think Michelle would be good with. And I really like the idea of her with Joe, but I think you could be right. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to think of Joe and Nate because they haven't, I haven't like been like a hundred percent sold on either of them. I'm just like, I don't dislike them, but I'm also skeptical, especially after these last couple breakups. I'm like, I don't know who to trust anymore. <laughs> like, I, 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 I trust Rodney and I trust Brandon. Just Brandon's just too young and mm -hmm. Rodney would do it. But if she picks Joe and Nate, I just, it ain't going to happen. Uh, yeah. 
Olu. I feel the reason she didn't pick Olu was because he was really big into Africa and it didn't seem like she was the type to do that. I also think he was another one that was probably too intense for her though. Too. Yeah. He was intense and like everything he was like, Oh yeah, I'll take her to Africa. I want to do this. This is the African food. This is the African thing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a lot. It doesn't seem like this Midwest Minnesota girl is going to mm-hmm. like all that all at once. So maybe that's why, even though I liked Olu. I did. Yeah, I really liked Olu. I liked what the kids said about how he was like, makes your heart warm, like hot cocoa or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was like, yeah, that. he's a sweet dude. Like I really do like him. Um, yeah, there wasn't. So, I mean, real. Okay. So you say you want her with Rodney. I would have loved her with Rodney, but I don't think that's going to happen. Who do you think she's going to pick? <laughs> I, if I had to guess, it will be Nate. And then yeah. either it's going to be Nate doesn't show up and doesn't want to have the relationship in the last episode, or they get together and we hear in a few months that it didn't work out. I, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say she picks Nate. They get engaged because he's, you know, sold on it right now. And then they're not going to work out is my guess. Um, okay. And then just, I guess now that, you know, Clayton is bachelor. What are your, are you happy? Are you looking forward to that or? Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. I think he knows he's going to have fun. I think, God, you know who I wish shows up on his bachelor season? Who? Queen Victoria. Oh my God. I just can't get enough of her now from Bachelor in Paradise and her season. Cause I just want to see the train wreck and how everybody knows who she is now and see how eventually she is voted off. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I want to see that every time now because <laughs> it makes me laugh. I would like to think he wouldn't even entertain that. But um, the only thing I hope with Clayton, and I, I hope that because he did come on Michelle's season, this will be a thing, but I want them to keep up with the diverse casting. And with diverse casting, I don't just mean black and white. I mean, all people of color. So hopefully uh, Clayton is into Asian girls, Middle Eastern girls, uh, Hispanic women. You know what I mean? Like, let's really see all sorts of women on that season, because that would be my one worry is that if we we go back to old school bachelor back in the days before Sean Lowe, he was the first bachelor to really like have like a real diverse group of women. And it was because he was open to any ethnicity. And he he's the only bachelor to pick his girl and still be married to her today. And she's Filipino. Um, but yeah, the back in the old bachelor day, it was all white people, literally all white people and like two black people, maybe a Hispanic. I mean, it, it makes sense, you know, yeah. and it's crazy to think that way because, you know, even like the last bachelor season was the first black bachelor, which is crazy to me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, So I just don't want us to go backwards. And then like, it's all like, all we see is this like pool of white women. And then the, you know, the two people of color get eliminated (laughs) first two weeks. And you're Uh, like, right. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, So I guess the next episode is the hometowns with the bat, the, the contestants, the bachelors, and then, and then it'll be the final episodes or two more episodes or no, no, three more episodes. Like, no, it would be hometowns fantasy suites. Well, actually they've been doing it where they do hometowns. And then they do uh, men tell all then they do. But lately they've been like 
uh, making, they've been doing this thing where they like make the men tell all uh, combined with the, with the um, uh, fantasy suite sometimes. So I'm not exactly sure how they're going to go about that, but the order typically is hometowns, uh, men tell all, I guess, fantasy suites and final. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Uh, so I can see what they're, how they have it. Because the last time they did it with, they did, they combined like a three hour episode with, uh, fantasy suites and the finale. Oh, wow. Did they? I can't I thought that's what they did. Um, they always do a three hour episode with, um, the final episode and the, after the final rose, but saying here, so the next episode is November 30th. Yeah, no, it's going to be, uh, so, okay. So I guess they're doing that order. So hometowns, then men tell all, then probably fantasy suites. And then the final rose, uh, is December 21st. Oh shit. Right by, oh, so there's a few more weeks then. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. 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 Well, we got lots to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Lots to look forward to. So can't wait to see who she picks. <laughs> yes. Go Rodney. We're rooting for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I would love for Rodney to win. I think he's the, I agree. I think he's the, probably the, the best guy of the bunch. So. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Shall we move on to some Thanksgiving talk? Let's get into Thanksgiving. Talk about our Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving this year, 2021 uh, was the first time in uh i guess like yeah because so the the last thanksgiving it was just you know parents and like a couple friends like it was and it was outside so this year got back to the normal you know 18 to 20 person thanksgiving Mm -hmm. it was awesome um there was so much food uh and it was just nice to be back together with a big group of people you love Uh, what about you is that the same with you I, I agree. Last year we, we still got together, but we were very like separated. Like we had like tables. Cause it's just like, is there even 10 or like eight or eight or nine of us kind of, no, 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 it's 10. Um, but we, we separated the tables out and we wore masks until we ate. But once we ate and we were done, we wore masks. So it was very, um, it was very like, it was very different, but this year we had the giant table. We were all vaccinated, everybody, um, except for the kids. But uh, yeah, so we were all vaccinated. We even had the kids at the adult table. And uh, it was just really nice. It felt like a normal Thanksgiving. Lots of food. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. We just ate, watched some of the Cowboys game. Um, Trevor had to work until like 2.30, but then he came later and ate leftovers. So that was nice. Good, good, good. Yeah, it's uh, it was great having everybody at the table. I think there were 18 of us. There were the cowboy game on and it was uh, it was just delightful. It was uh, yeah. and my favorite part of the day, I think, is getting my food on my plate in a mountain of food, like seeing that stuffing and scooping that stuffing and sweet potatoes and stuff like that. It's like my favorite part. And then the first bite, and I try to get like a little bit of everything on that first bite on my fork. And I'm just like, mmm, Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's my favorite. My favorite part of the day is getting my first initial plate and like eating my first round of food and just enjoying it. While I'm How still many rounds of food did you do? Yeah, because I, for those I, who don't know, Susan can out eat 
a lot of people like she can she can go pretty well so I, I i actually thought about you i was like i wonder if susan is gonna out eat me today <laughs> no i actually wasn't i i thought i would eat more especially because normally we have to do like normally we just we don't we control ourselves with like one small and not crazy plate of the of the um, at my brother's house and then we go to his for dinner and so since he was working, we weren't doing that. We're actually going to have dinner with his family tonight, just like out at a restaurant. But um, we I allowed myself to have whatever I wanted. And I just really just had the first round of normal plate. And then the second was just like a little bit of three of my favorite sides there. So, okay. just, just so what did you have? Up. What was on the menu at the Stevens Kamyab household? So there was quite a bit. I will say my one of my favorite things there just i normally don't like turkey but my brother and his wife they double injected the turkey and they fry it that is the only way that i really enjoy turkey other than that if somebody else has a different way they do it i like have a sliver of a piece but i actually eat a normal amount of pieces of turkey it's so juicy and flavorful and some like crisp parts it's so good um so I'll have the turkey. So we had turkey, there's ham, there's sweet potatoes I don't eat, there's stuffing, there's mashed potatoes, jalapeno cream corn, macaroni and cheese, um, cranberry sauce, oh, green bean casserole, broccoli cheese, probably forgetting something. Those are what I remember. Oh, really good rolls, like buttered rolls. Um, mm -hmm. Like buttered looking up <laughs> oh, well that's what the kids love kids just love like bread that's all they eat um gravy i think that was everything actually yeah what Man. desserts uh desserts were pumpkin bars was just essentially pumpkin cake uh pumpkin pie and um this this time there was this like chocolate brownie but it was like a pecan pie top to uh, top okay i don't really eat that though i don't like pecan pie so Okay. okay. I don't really like, I didn't have, I, don't, I only eat the pumpkin bars because I like cake more than um, pie. All right. But all right. All right. Yeah. What about that you? Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, there, there was so much food. Oh my God. So there was a smoked turkey on the green egg, which was excellent and juicy. Okay. Smoke that turkey on the green egg. There was, uh, I believe, uh, was it Wagyu prime beef tenderloin? Holy shit, which, that sounds crazy good. That's no, it, it was unbelievably good. Um, there was green bean casserole. Mm -hmm. um, I made the mac and cheese from scratch, which I'll tell you the recipe. Uh, this is how you do it. Um, I uh, So I doubled the recipe. So I took, I melted two sticks of butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I put a cup of flour and made that roux, um, in there. And then I added, uh, six cups of whole milk and it makes it creamy, pasty, like a uh, roux. And mm -hmm. then, uh, I put all the macaroni in that. And then about, is it five or six cups of cheese? What kind and, of cheese? Like Velveeta or? Oh, shredded? no, 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 no. I shred uh, sharp. I did sharp cheddar and then I did a Colby Jack. Mm -hmm. um, and I did that. And after I do that, you know, it just, it's so good. It's creamy. It's cheesy. And then I put that in the oven and I bake it for a little bit. And I take that out and then I uh, crunch up um, 
uh, potato chips on top of that for a little crunch oh. on top. Uh-huh. And it is so good. And it doesn't dry out in the oven? Not at all. Not oh. at all. Not mm. at all. It is creamy goodness. Um, I might need and- to get that recipe from you because I did the uh, mac and cheese this time. And I use Velveeta, though. And every time I get it to there, it dries. It does not stay creamy. So I will show you how to make it creamy. Uh, okay. It is uh, it is good. That sounded weird. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so so there was that. I made the uh, the spinach and artichoke cheese dip for an appetizer, which everybody loves, which is yeah. also tons of stuff. Yeah. Um, there were also there was a great salad. There was a great Brussels sprouts. There was amazing stuffing, sweet potatoes. Uh, there were rolls and for dessert, there was pecan pie. There were little cookies. There were little mini cheesecakes. There was pumpkin pie. And then there was one of my favorites. The bottom layer is like this pretzel-y crust. The mm-hmm. middle layer is like a soft cream cheese on the top layer is actual strawberries and strawberry jello on top. Uh-huh. And it's just so good when it's mixed all together. Mm. Um, and then there was a little Oreo ice cream cake and then a Sokopia cheesecake as well. Uh, I did not eat Oreo ice cream because ice cream fucks me up. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so, I, so one of the reasons I lost like 50, 60 pounds was I cut out ice cream just because it hurt my stomach so bad after I ate it. It's like uh-huh. I developed a lactose thing over the last few years. Oh, so I don't eat ice cream. And so did not- you used to eat it a lot, Susan? So if you ask anybody, me and desserts are like married, basically, because like when I, I want a dessert, I would not just go get a cookie. I would get two cookies. I would put three scoops of ice cream. I would sprinkle like candy bars on top i would put whipped cream i didn't see this i never saw this almost every night and so yes it was me yes yes ask anybody it's crazy so i did that so i cut out when i stopped when my stomach started to severely hurt after i ate ice cream i cut it out completely and then with Mm. desserts i would just like you know now like once or twice a week i'll have like a half a cookie if that and then i kind of like curbed a lot of my drinking as well and Uh then lost 50 60 pounds so far so so but it started with the ice cream it started with the ice cream um which i fucking love ice cream i love brahms i love all so can you still cream. have dairy though? Like all that milk and that mac and cheese and stuff? Yes. Yes. I can still. So it doesn't hurt when I do that. I mean, I guess yet it was just the ice cream. So now I, um, but like with coffee and stuff like that, I'll do oat milk and almost everything. Oh, I love oat milk. I yeah, just I did that too. this morning with my coffee. So, but you still allowed yourself to enjoy your Thanksgiving food, right? Oh, I pile, I had a mountain first plate, Good. a mountain of food. As you should. As you and should. then my second round was a little bit less than that, but I still ate it. And I was like, oh God, I'm never eating again. Uh, you no, know, watching the Cowboys. And then, you know, like after the, the first half or for first quarter, yeah, <laughs> I was like, dessert dessert so, yeah you gotta and have i was like yeah so i got up and i'm like fuck it it's thanksgiving i did well yeah. this year i am going to have two pieces of pie i'm going to have cheesecake i'm going uh-huh. to have cookies fuck it and i did and i ate it all and i felt terrible but like 
I felt. I mean, that's yeah. Thanksgiving. You don't like yeah. slim yourself on Thanksgiving. I I ate what I could. Like I almost forget. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. Like I'm not a huge sweet tooth person. I you know this. I like candy more than anything. If I <laughs> yes. if I were to choose any dessert, it would be like all the candies that I like. That would be right. my number one. I would say next would either be like my favorite, like a cinnamon glazed donut or a really good piece of cake. Those no, are probably the. I, I know those, you. I know you like candy. What do I do when I see you at a movie? Screen? I know you always bring candy. Sometimes they're not my favorite candy. So I'm like, nah, but it's really nice because I do like candies. <laughs> uh, oh, it's funny. So, yeah, it, it and it was so good. And so, like, I didn't get overly full because like a lot of things. So one Thanksgiving that I've fucked it royally on is that i ate too many appetizers and i couldn't eat the main meal oh yeah because i got too we excited there's two yeah forget yeah I, I got too excited and so mm -hmm. i just ate and then a lot of the times i i eat so much that i'm just like in pain and i don't feel good yeah. I, I was good this year like i felt full but i didn't feel gross or anything like that so i'm glad i i paced myself and uh -huh. did that yeah no, that's good. I luckily the appetizers we have are nothing crazy. We always have like um, more like uh, which call it. We have these. I don't know what they're called, but it's celery with um, pimento cheese in between. Oh it. yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. Favorite. I like that. That's what I'll eat. Like one or two of that, and then there's like pickles and olives. I might have like a little slice of a pickle, and then there's deviled eggs. That's literally our appetizers. I don't. I hate. I hate deviled eggs. So I don't eat that. Um, <laughs> See, I love yeah, deviled I, eggs. In that year that I ate too many appetizers, I ate like 10 deviled eggs before oh God, were the meals. I love them. And so I didn't have any this year. There were none this year, but I wouldn't have eaten any this year for sure. Yeah. I, I only had one of those celery things and like a slice of a pickle. And I, cause I was like, no, I want, I want a roll. I want like, my favorite is the, <laughs> my favorite is the sides. Mashed potatoes and gravy is my favorite, but I make, so the other thing that I made that I did like kill it on it's two years in a row now is my jalapeno cream corn. Ooh. That is so good. It was basically practically done. That's where everybody likes that. So I do feel good about that, but it's, it is good. It's like up there on my favorites. Probably those two are my favorite side dishes now. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, I love cream corn, mm -hmm. especially maybe spicy cream corn. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm spicy. surprised we're not having jalapeno corn right now. Mm. <laughs> but, so uh, yeah that was good it was a good thanksgiving yeah. like it was back it seemed yeah. like to a seat of a sense of normalcy exactly back to normal so but yeah which was good mm -hmm. so uh yeah. that's thanksgiving uh mm -hmm. today is black friday um i mean i think susan and i have passed the point of uh going shopping on black friday getting into it just because eh, yeah, we don't not, need anything <laughs> like we did over that, over that, <laughs> over yeah. that, over that. But uh, we wanted to give you a little insight into our world of uh, film criticism, professional film criticism. We're part of multiple uh, associations and stuff like that. And at the end of the year, as most of you know, a lot of times during, you know, so like at the beginning of the year, there's rarely movies that you remember. Summer's always for the big action blockbusters and the end of the year, mm -hmm. all those like heartwarming, award-worthy movies. And so as professional film critics and societies, we uh, vote 
on awards, you know, whether it be for Oscars or Emmys or Critics' Choice or whatever. And we have to watch all these movies. And so when tax season comes up for accountants, you will, if you know an accountant, they're, you know, working 15, 16 hour days and it's crazy. That's kind of like, that's kind of like that for us being a movie critic. Like it right now, there is an ocean waterfall of movies coming our way and we have to watch all of them like within a span of a couple weeks. It's funny that you compare it to taxes. I've always compared award season to um, like my Super Bowl because I just feel like every movie that we're watching is the um, is basically the the like the 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 regular season. It's the regular season, right? Like a regular season game. Um, each movie we're watching and it's like, did they win or not? It's like, did they win or not? And then when we get into like the awards before the Oscars, things like the Critics' Choice, the Golden Globes, the Emmys, whatever, all these. I mean, I know Emmys is TV, but um, what you would call it? The SAG Awards, uh, the Independent Spirit Awards, things like that. All of those, I call those the playoff games. And then the Oscar is the Super Bowl. It's right, the, right. So... Yeah, I feel like every movie we have to watch right now is regular season. And where I'm just like every every same, but we do have a ton. We have so many. And I, I don't know how many games are in a football like season, but that's what it feels like. It feels we are drowning. I have I I feel so behind. I need like a week to just be able to watch everything I need to watch. But it's it's very hard. I mean, it's hard to be able to watch everything on time because we we have these um we have to vote by a certain point. So, yeah. And you know what? I, a lot of film studios should get together and just send it out all at once under one app. I don't want uh, an app. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I want DVDs. Like I am, I'm up to here. I would, ra- I would rather DVDs, but if they had one app that you could just put your email and password in and you don't have to have two or three step authentication for it it would make it that much more easier just to have them all in one place and release them a month a month and a half ahead of time like i don't care if they're finished just let me see something because now i mean we haven't even seen all of it. some of the things haven't even been sent and so you have like okay you have all these movies and then not only that you have like interviews and pa tours and things it's just, it's a lot all at once um mm-hmm. and you want to give everybody a fair shake and uh it, no, it's crazy but i love it i love it because there's oh, a lot yeah. of really great movies coming out um you know towards the end of the year you know a lot of oscar bait yeah. stuff that i can do without yeah. but it's uh it's pretty it, it's it's a lot of fun so to give you an idea you know, the movie studios send us movies. They send us, you know, cool little gift boxes to go with the movies. You know, you'll get candles, you'll get alcohol, pens, shirts, posters, and letters from the actors and filmmakers saying why they love making this movie and hope you do too. And it's a lot of fun. You know, it's kind of like Christmas and Hanukkah, all you know within the span feel of like a few Christmas because you're getting all these cool gifts, yeah. Yeah, getting all these cool gifts, and you get to participate in uh, interviews with the the talent and stuff like that, and it's it's holidays and stuff like that. But there, 
watching those movies, it's just, it's a lot. And to give you an mm-hmm. example, last week, I went to eight movie screenings, like in a week. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It, it's a, it's I a lot. I can't do that. No, I, I, mean, I just don't, I'm not able, unfortunately, like to, so it's very hard uh, when you have to, like, I, I literally have, um, I have to go into work and it's very hard with like my stories and the work I have to do to be able to make it to the screenings that I want to go to. And also the distance, like, you know, I also live in Little Elm. So it's like, I have to be choosy, but I still watched three movies last week. And that was a lot. Yeah, (laughs) no, that's a lot. And like, this is somebody that lives like within five minutes, basically of the theaters and eight movies is a lot. And it's kind of like, man, why can't you just send these as a link so I can watch them at my leisure, you know, instead of during the holidays at 7 p.m. Like I would much rather you Mm -hmm. show them at like 11 a.m. or noon. And they have done that. But some of these are at seven o'clock at night. And it's just kind of like, man, I'm missing out on other things. Uh, Mm -hmm. Please send the link. So I'm with any job, there's perks and there's not perks like there's complaints. But I think we as film critics have it really, really good. And I appreciate all the PR people helping us. Uh, yeah. They've been so great and so accommodating. Um, yeah. And they're all been really amazing. And it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun, um, but it is also a lot. It is, it is busy season and it will not mm-hmm. stop for another couple of weeks. <laughs> it won't. Yeah. It won't, it won't stop until like after the awards are announced and stuff, but it is, it's very, it's just very overwhelming. It is like, I love it. I do. And I, and I agree. I echo you with the, um, I appreciate all the stuff the PR people are doing. They're doing their job. Um, and I, I do wish ideally, I do think we used to get like screeners a little bit earlier. I thought like, it's kind of late. I, I, maybe it's because they really want us to see them in theaters. I'm not sure, but I like getting these DVDs like back in October and just be ready to watch them. Like they're just, I I can't stand online. Like I always have an issue right now. I can't get into my like screener passport and it's very frustrating because this would be the best time to be able to binge some movies and not able to do that. So it's, it, it, that's where I, it's so frustrating because you know, to begin with, when all this happened, there were like one or two, like, I wish, like, I've been saying it forever, just put everything on Vimeo. It's so easy. But now, like streaming services, us critics have screener apps. And now there's like 10 of them. And all of them have a different way to sign in all of them, you have to download extra apps to have two or three code authenticators to watch a movie. And then a lot of the, you know, sometimes, they're going to put a watermark, an opaque watermark in the center of the screen for the whole thing. I'm That's like, I can't stupid. watch the movie for this, you know? Mm-hmm. So there are complaints. There is that. And it's just kind of like, I mean, I can't imagine some of the much older critics having to deal with that. Like, because mm-hmm. I am, I consider myself extremely tech savvy and I find trouble in you know, keeping a list and doing that, like, and plus all, most of these screener apps, you have to sign in each time you log in, like go so to annoying. it. And like, yeah. why can't you just like, say, like save my stuff so I can just enter it. So mm-hmm. it, it's a lot 
to deal with, uh, with that yeah. aspect. I was like, yeah, send the DVDs or just have one screening app where everything goes, you mm-hmm. know, just put them all under one. So I can just like, Oh, here's the list of everything I can watch easy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. I, I I think they need to make it like simpler. Like I think you just need to go back to, I mean, there was a day where all they did was just send us DVDs. And I just think that's the way to go about it, to be completely honest. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I get frustrated with it. So yeah, the DVD is easy to put in. Like, I wish they would mm-hmm. just, that would be the ultimate choice, but also mm-hmm. if like Apple TV, you know, Apple TV plus for screeners, it literally, they just put it in there and it's just an email and password and it's so easy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I yeah. It's frustrating though. But, but I will say that the the one thing I thought of when we were talk about this, I think about that episode of um, uh, Shit's Creek. Whenever like, what is your favorite season? And Moira goes, "Ooh, awards." <laughs> <laughs> and that's I'll never forget that because when she said that, I was thinking of me too. That's my favorite. <laughs> I do love it because it also falls during the holiday season. So yes. It's, but yes, that's that's how I feel. I do love it. I'm grateful that we get these movies as much as we complain about it. I'm still very, very grateful. I just I want to be able to watch the movies that I need to watch. That's all. Right, right, right. Without having to jump through hoops and mm-hmm. sign in three times to something. And yeah, it, it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's a little glimpse into award season for us. Um, yeah. Up next is our blind watch. We did a little something different this time as we're going to do something a little different this uh, next podcast. But if you've been listening to the show, our blind watch is where we switch off each week. One of us picks a movie that we both haven't seen uh, and we watch the movie. We discuss it. So it has to be a movie that we both haven't seen, which the, the you know, the catch is that we've seen so much that we have to really deep dive into movies to find stuff mm-hmm. that we both haven't seen. So in a spirit of Thanksgiving and the holidays, we wanted to gift each other with a movie that one of us has seen and the other hasn't to watch. Um And so I picked first um, and I picked a movie that I've seen multiple, multiple, multiple times when it came out in theaters back in the early 2000s. I watched it, I think, three times in the theater. Um, And that movie is Rules of Attraction. Um, And that is based off the Brett Easton Ellis book. Brett Easton Ellis wrote American Psycho, Glamorama, Less Than Zero, Lunar Park, um, and also Rules of Attraction. And uh, it's directed by Roger Avery and it has an insane cast, like insane A-list cast. Mm -hmm. And it's about uh, the best way that describes somebody who's never seen that. Like it's about a very wealthy elite uh, college kids who go to a liberal arts college and, you know, sexual orientation, drugs, alcohol, and stuff like that. Um, kind of like, that's what I would describe it as, but like in a very Tarantino dark humor setting. Um, and if you know Brett Easton Ellis, you know his, his type uh, of writing and stories. So I love this movie. And uh, Susan says she hadn't seen it because I was going through a few. Um, I was like, oh, this is on HBO. I love this movie. I hope she hasn't seen it. Let's see what she thought. So, uh, Susan, (laughs) talk to me. Did I do horribly? Did I do well? 
I think you did well. I, I understand the appeal of it. I um I do think the cast was incredible. I was like, holy crap, like there's so many famous people in this movie. I couldn't even, I was like, this person, this person. Um, for me, the film is very like almost too odd, I guess. Like maybe I just need it, it could be one of those films I need to watch multiple times. Like I will say, I've seen, I remember the first time I watched um, I always go with the first time I watched Royal Tenenbaums. Where it's just like so odd, like the way the dialogue is being spoken and all this stuff. And I hated it. But then I watched it a second time and I cried. And now every time I watch it, I love it. So maybe it might be one of those movies where I watch it a second time and I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. I don't fully get rules of attraction. Um, it's so off, you know, like it's just it's very quirky. Like I don't know how you describe it. It's it's. um it's the dark like it, side of college. And if you know Brett Easton Ellis, like even less than zero, his first book, which they made into a movie with, you know, uh, with Robert Downey Jr. Um, it's about extremely wealthy kids who are spoiled, rotten, who go mm. to college and get into yeah. drugs and alcohol and sex in the worst ways. And the rules of attraction more so. Um mm. And I think it's just about these, basically these three kids' lives who, you know, you don't even like any of these people because they're not Yeah, they great all people. suck. Yeah, yeah, they're all horrible people. Mm-hmm. And that and that is Brett Easton Ellis's writing and, you know, that mm-hmm. upper echelon New York or even California kids who had everything to them on a silver platter go to a liberal arts colleges. And they're, I mean, they're not going to be leaders, but it's them trying to deal with what in their time, uh, like, you know, trying to be who they are and just nothing working out for them. Like it's, it's a mm-hmm. dark movie. It's very dark. Like you said, I think that's part of the problem is there's not a lot of characters that I like in the film. They're all so, I mean, maybe, um, you know, Shannon Sossaman, I can't say her last name. Her character was the yeah, Lauren in the movie. Lauren. Yeah. yeah was Lauren one. was the only one I think I liked as a character. I, I really rooted for her and James Vanderbeek. I, I wish they explored that more, but outside of their like one interaction, which I agree was a cool way they shot that scene. I don't, I kind of was like, I feel like we were missing a lot of their relationship for him to be like, I love you. You know, like I only slept with her because I, I'm in love with you. I was like, what? You're in love with her. Why? Which maybe that was the point. Like, is he doesn't even know what love is. Yeah. That was Uh, the point of, of, uh, Sean, like I, he, he is clueless on what he thinks. And so somebody wrote him letters just praising him. And so mm-hmm. he's into that, but of course it's the wrong person. And, you know, after watching the movie the first time and many times after that, you're just like, man, this girl who loves him never reveals that she likes him. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, her untimely, you know, <laughs> yeah. thing that happened, which is super sad, but sad. the rest of the people in there, you know, like I relate to a lot of those, not relate to a lot Who of those Who do people. you relate to? No, I don't know. I meant not <laughs> to relate to, but like I've been in like a lot of those situations when I was in college, you know, like mm. uh, it was really weird. Not like, not like the treating people horribly thing, but like- Did you rape of, a girl? <laughs> absolutely not. Oh uh, no, I mean, I mean, 
never was at a party with a video camera and then somebody passed out and then have somebody else come in and do no absolutely not that was that was she got raped that was oh yeah lost it to a townie yeah it was a thing and got thrown up on but Mm -hmm. i think so the guy who did this movie directed it was roger avery and if you know roger avery um i mean he spent some time in prison but uh recently for some stuff but he worked with Tarantino a lot on Pulp Fiction and some of his other movies. So it has this Tarantino-esque vibe of cool characters and cool camera shots and stuff like that and music. Um, But yeah, the movie is just like these series of vignettes, almost not to the point where it's like a sketch comedy, but you follow these three people and they all are looking for love. And I guess one the same person for the most part, but mm-hmm. you know, this guy they like is just an asshole and does only cares about himself. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess I did think that tied to like American psycho was interesting. I thought that was cool. Cause he did. Sean does have those scenes where he purposely like looks like a psycho. Like I'm like, right. this guy is scary. I mean, so I thought that was neat. I just, in general, it was, it's one of those movies that I was enjoying it while I watched and I was like, what? Oh my God, what the heck? But I don't see myself wanting to rewatch it. It was a little like, it was just okay for me. Like I, I think, but I also think it's possible. Like I just didn't get it. That that's, I'm fully aware that sometimes those movies require multiple viewings to really understand what the director was trying to achieve yeah i think you because like there's a lot of narration over it and it's the actors reading part of the book uh Mm. but i think it's just like this book is just like these characters that are going through this semester this year in college and it's just nutty and none of them are really likable and you're just like oh yeah this is what life is like in because the the book takes place in the 80s like late 80s Mm -hmm. so it's very you know, New York kids, very wealthy, elitist kids who go to a liberal arts colleges to like almost do nothing. So, um, yeah. And that's, that is Brett Easton Ellis to a T. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now where less than zero has a better story behind it and very much tragic story. That's very sad. Uh, this doesn't, this is, um, you know, but it's such a cool movie. I just think the characters are even cool, even though they kind of suck. You just like kind of like like them and just like the, go down this cast of characters that you saw. Because watching this with you, Susan, was like, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. I was just like, what? Are you serious? I can't. I don't know. But I think you also the other thing was I didn't like any of the characters except for Lauren, I guess. But so and then just the way things happen and the reactions that happened, they felt very delayed. Like even when she found the girl in the bathtub, I was like, is this what's happening? How's your reaction with yeah. this? But yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's good. So the, the movie has James Vanderbeek, Kate Bosworth, Shonen, uh, Shannon Sosaman, uh, Kit Pardue, Clifton Collins Jr., um thomas ian nicholas uh oh what's uh who who is um oh what's his name paul paul denton the gay character uh ian Summerhold. Uh, ian ian Summerhold. yeah yeah, yeah. uh Summerhold. swoozy kurtz faye dunaway <laughs> i could not believe 
uh, oh, um, Jay Baruchel, <laughs> young yeah, Jay Baruchel. Yeah. Um, there's so, oh, uh, Eric Stoltz in a really creepy role. <laughs> yeah. Ew. I didn't like that either. Ugh. Um, there, and, and many others, it's just, you, you saw all these, uh, kind of like teenage heartthrobs who's always done like yeah. happy things. And then you see them in this movie and you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> and, and I, yeah. And I always had a crush on James Vanderbeek. So I was kind of like, you know, I really like his, his stuff, but you know, he was creepy. So I was like, no, he was a, he was a gross dude in here and he was always kind of like beat up and yeah. Gross, but he was he, he played the part perfect like the acting in it is so good oh yeah jessica all talented in this actors movie. yeah they're all talented actors so it had to be a, a weird fun movie to shoot um but yeah uh rules of attraction it's on hbo max right now if you haven't seen it uh check it out like it's just a cool movie it really is the, yeah, the soundtrack's kick ass it's it's worth the watch. It's worth the watch. I'm just grateful Brian didn't make me watch some like horrible, like sad, either like a sad, depressing, want to like just crawl in a hole movie or crazy horror. So yeah, I, was, I, I, I thought about doing show of the nine and a half hour Holocaust documentary. Oh, I would have but... said no. oh man so no no that that movie's fun so we're going to do the same thing next time susan is going to gift me a movie that i have never seen Mm -hmm. but she has seen uh so i I think rules of attraction was a good choice for me because that's definitely a movie i remember the trailer and i wanted to see it so yeah Cool, 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 cool. I'm excited. So now I'm excited of what you're going to pick. I'm curious yeah, on if we're going to go like lifetime movie or if we're <laughs> going to go like a like a real movie. I'm going to pick a real movie because I, I was really disappointed with the the one I picked with uh, Kristen Davis or whatever. Oh, yeah. Thought, the, the bath that team, was the like, bathtub seat. Hey, I like that. It had, I know, it, it, but I, I was like, I thought this would, I thought it was going to be better than what it was. I was like, seriously? Okay. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, I'm excited. So we're going to do that next time. And I kind of like this little aspect. We should start doing this ever so often because there's yeah, other movies. Yeah, we can like mix it in there. Mix it mm-hmm. in. So uh, yeah, that was the blind watch in our last little section uh, is the honorable mention, some of the movies we've been watching. So first up is a movie coming out in a couple of weeks uh, called Licorice Pizza. Yes, it's a weird name. It's a weird title. You know, yeah. I'm there's sure- There's no pizza. There's no pizza in the movie. Right. There's not. And so I'd imagine, you know, at your Thanksgiving and my Thanksgiving, you know, we're the movie people. So everybody asks us, what movies did you like? What movies to see? You know, that's usually the question. There's like, oh, licorice pizza. And the reaction is like, licorice pizza. What's that? And I'm like, oh, it's Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie. And of course, you know, none of the family knows who that is. So you just have to go through. (laughs) Okay, that's Boogie Nights. That's Punch Drunk Love. That's the master. And uh, they're like, oh, okay. And it's like, this movie is so good. It's the 1970s in Los Angeles. And it's a weird story about a 15-year-old who falls in love with a, like a 25-year-old. And it sounds weird, but it's like their love romance adventure in LA and they get into trouble. And mm-hmm. it's surprisingly sweet and awesome and great and happy and weird. And I loved it. Which just FYI, if a 25-year-old man fell in love with a 15-year-old girl, I think there'd be a lot of, um, I don't know how that role would have played. 
but like how he tells that story in this movie because like that you mean like like it's illegal but like in the movie they don't show them doing anything there's nothing like illegal happening and she constantly tells them we're not a thing but then Mm -hmm. she tries to get relationships with different facets of many people like businessmen filmmakers politicians and they're all awful people like they don't want Mm -hmm. her they treat her like shit except for this one 15 year old who acts literally like an adult um so it's really weird to see but like the whole dynamic of like the underage thing never really Mm -hmm. came to for me in the movie because of how PTA framed it. Like they never had sex. They never really kissed. It wasn't, well, it was kiss. all they kissed, but like, it was like, feel like it was really innocent kind of thing. And you feel really good at the end of the movie. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I think it helps that Alana, her character was so immature as well. Yeah. Like she was a very like kind of bratty, uh, irrational, like very hot, hot tempered and like so that kind of they kind of balanced each other out with their their age because you're right he acted more like an adult like he was a businessman Mm -hmm. so it it did i never i never noticed their age until i found out like okay wait she's totally in her late or mid 20s i guess 25 and he was 15 yeah yeah yeah. so just like 15 is just so young but yeah i mean i didn't think about it in the film i uh I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, uh, but more so I think I enjoyed it because of her. I think she is an incredible actress. She, she anytime is. she was on screen, I just kept wanting to watch her. Yeah, she was excellent. And there's a, a cavalcade of cameos that are just downright mm-hmm. hilarious. And the best cameo in a movie this year is John C. Riley in Licorice Pizza. Like legit the best cameo because he was in Boogie Nights and I mean his cameo. Don't reveal it. Don't reveal it. I'm not. You blink and you miss him, but he's the best cameo and it's so goddamn funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I I like I said I had fun with it. I think it was another one. Like I did. I did like it. I just think that had they made that movie an hour and a half, I think that would have been. I think I would have like loved it if that had been an hour and a half because I felt it did feel long for me towards the end. I was like, Ooh, when are we? Uh, oh, really? So I didn't feel like long. It didn't feel long to me. I knew it was a longer movie. Like it's, it's a little over two hours, long. right? Or two and a half hours. Yeah. So it's two. Uh, oh yeah. It felt like two and a half hours. It's two hours, four minutes. Yeah. And it, and I didn't, I, I was fine with it because I liked everything that was happening on screen. So uh, mm. I enjoyed that because I, I knew Tom Waits was going to be in it and I totally forgot about him until he showed up. I'm like, oh, yes, this is great. So uh, Bradley Cooper's in it. Uh, Tom Waits is a crazy cast, but it's really yeah. fun. Le- Leo DiCaprio's father is in it. <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy. So I like licorice pizza. I think I mean, this movie's not for everybody. Paul Thomas Anderson movies aren't for everybody. So no, they are not. Um, and i Terrible. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> licorice pizza. Uh, <laughs> next up is Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is out now. Much more family friendly thing, I think. I mean, I really like the movie. Um, it's not my favorite of the year. It's not my top ten, but I super enjoyed the movie. I had a ball with it. It's more Amblin Entertainment Spielberg than 
an original Ghostbusters movie, but I, I loved it. I, I enjoyed it. I, I wouldn't say I loved it, but I was pretty similar to what you're saying. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, family friendly. Um, actually, I did love the ending, though. I loved how they ended it. Yeah. So I will say that. Um, yeah, it's it's totally take your kids. Very uh, nostalgic and good time. Yeah, nostalgic. It is, uh, but in a good way. And like the thing about Ghostbusters, the originals are it's totally told through the eyes of adults it's adult humor but it was fun for the whole family even if kids didn't understand every joke this one is told Mm -hmm. strictly through the eyes of young children and never an adult i mean they do show paul rudd but he acts like a kid so yeah that's kind of that's a big difference from the the two so um finn everybody likes finn wolfhard from stranger things he's in this but he's he could have not been in this and the movie would have been the same. The real yeah. shiny spotlight is on McKenna Grace. Uh, she was awesome. Yeah, she, so talented. She is. She's, she's great. Uh, but yeah, they, they bring it back. They're, they're doing well. Um, go see it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, well, the other one, which you also saw, which is currently my favorite film of the year so far is King Richard. It's on HBO max now. And I encourage everyone to see it. It's so good. Will Smith's like one of his best performance deserves the Oscar and such a beautiful emotional film about the, uh, the Williams sisters, um, you know, journey to their success. Yes, it is. Serena and Venus Williams. It is uh it's a good movie, folks. It really is. Uh I, I got choked up twice in the movie. Uh the the acting is great. Uh it's a it's a happy, happy, feel-good movie. It uh Will Smith's uh portrayal of their father has multiple layers of genius. Cause I mean, he's not, I mean, like everybody in real life nobody's perfect he's very flawed but he means well he's a he's a great dad he has a way of doing things and Mm -hmm. you know he's not going to be perfect in every element and it was it was good he will smith is good i wish he won the acting oscar for happiness pursuit of happiness um did he even get nominated for that i don't know i don't even know if he got nominated for that but he was so good in that um yeah i've always i haven't watched pursuit of happiness but everyone because he got nominated for ali but I don't remember him uh, getting nominated yeah. for Pursuit for of Happiness. One. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. he does something with this. Uh, it is going to be shocking and horrible if like somebody like Anthony Hopkins wins again. Oh my God. <laughs> or something what? like that. I, I also want to add that there are two really stand out, the, both the girls, uh, Demi Singleton and Sinai. Uh, oh, I'm blanking on her name, but uh, they, they are great. Uh, those two girls, but Ingenue Ellis and John Barenthal are like wonderful. John Barenthal and is amazing. He is amazing. His dialect coach killed it. Whoever yeah. taught him how to uh, speak because he really did a really good job with that accent. And Ingenue Ellis, that woman, there are moments in the movie where she is not saying anything. She is just giving genuine reaction to her face. Like a key point whenever she's offered the first contract Mm-hmm. And the guy says the thing about how, um, you know, this is just this night, you know, the minute you step on the court, this offer's over. She just has this face, just such a genuine, like, and, you know, even Will Smith's character says, fix your face before, you know, let him leave. And then, then he yeah. did it. And I'm like, 
Yeah. Cause I can read your face. I know exactly what you're thinking. And it's like, she's very talented. If she, she should be nominated for supporting actress, but um, there's quite, there's, there's a lot of supporting actresses right now that I, I would put in my, see, Will Smith's a clear best actor. I don't know about supporting actress, but Anjanou Ellis, she's up there. Right. Yeah, no, she was so good in that. She was so good. And John Bernthal, he, mm-hmm. a lot of his roles are kind of like meaner evil dudes. Mm-hmm. But this, mo- this movie see. was like, he was just like so great in it. <laughs> He's just like. He is. I don't know if he would win, but he definitely deserves a nomination. Uh, I was, okay, so I stand corrected. The Will Smith was nominated for Pursuit of Happiness in addition to Ollie. Okay. Okay, so, so he was okay, but he didn't win. No, so he has not won yet. He needs to win. Um, yes, yeah, so, so Susan and I are going to go streaking if he wins finally. <laughs> no, I will not go streaking, but I will. I will uh, scream for happiness. And it is Sinai Sydney? I don't. I don't want to forget her last name. Sinai, Sinai Sydney. Sydney. It's a cool name. And Demi Singleton. They are. Um, they are. They are fantastic in this film. All the acting is really good. I just can't say enough great things about that movie. But yeah. It's good. Uh, and then also before that, I, I saw a bunch of other movies. House of Gucci. It's two and a half hours long. It's too long, but it's actually excellent. It's Martin Scorsese light. Um, at Lady Gaga is fantastic. She is up there in the awards contenders. Is she is she your right now? Got to give a best actress award. Does she get it? Off the top of my head, like, I, again, I have to go through all the movies, but the ones mm-hmm. recently, yeah, she's so goddamn good in it. Um, Adam Driver's good. Jared Leto is comically funny. Al Pacino knows where he's at. Uh, he has his, you know, stereotypical yelling scene like he does in every movie. It's, yeah. it's good. It's good. I liked it. Uh, also, the Coen Brothers uh, version of Macbeth with Denzel Washington um, was... I went into that like, oh, God, I'm not going to like this. But it was like 95 minutes long. It was short. It was mm. they're going to show it in the IMAX. And I before I went in, I was like, how are you going to show this black and white movie in the IMAX? And when I came out, I was like, I know why they're going to show that in the IMAX. That was one of the coolest shot movies ever. The oh. sound design is impressive and it was well acted. It's great. Uh, some good fighting in it. Denzel Washington is a badass in it. Uh, it was good. And then a movie called Wolf, which surprised me on how, on how sad and depressing the, the movie was like, it is, I had no idea this mental condition existed and oh my, uh, it's rough. I mean, it's a good Mm -hmm. movie, but it's rough. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, the only movie I did not like, um, was being the Ricardo's. Not a good movie. Uh, the only good part in that movie is J.K. Simmons um, and Ali Shawquat. Uh, mm. That's oh, I love uh, her. Uh, yeah, yeah, she plays the head writer of I Love Lucy, and she's pretty funny in it. But Fred, uh, um, J.K. Simmons is he? I hope he gets nominated. Oh, he plays Fred. He, he plays, plays Fred, Fred, and it's excellent. Oh. Uh, okay, he, he's funny. great. Um, but I swear to God, if Nicole Kidman is nominated. I mean, I like Javier Bardem, but the movie's not good. That was the my least favorite. That's movie. the that's the consensus I'm getting. I haven't watched it. I loved I Love Lucy. I still do, but um, I was nervous after the trailer. I, I saw the I, trailer. Yeah, it was not great. 
I enjoyed the story aspect that it wasn't your typical biopic. Like it doesn't start with her as a kid or anything like that. It's, it just takes place. It just showcases one week in her life. And it's the week where the big radio host called her out for being a communist. And yeah. So like, so there was a week there where she, in the papers and on news, she uh people called her out for being a communist and they didn't know if i love lucy was going to go on to be a thing anymore so it's about that week in her life which i liked that versus the stereotypical oh here's her as a kid here's her growing up to be star it's not that so but i didn't like how the movie ended at all uh it was like a little jab to uh to desi it was just Mm. kind of like why did we need that there and uh, it, it was, and I think Nicole Kimmon was the wrong choice for the role too. Um, I just, a lot of people say they're surprised Deborah Messing didn't get the role. Right. She yeah. It's very fitting for Lucy. So it was, it was weird. It was anytime JK Simmons was on screen or Ali Shaquat, I enjoyed it. Uh, other than that, I was like, uh, that was not great. Um, so that sucks. there's those. Um, and then I think you have one last one. I was just going to praise uh, Love Life season two. Did you watch season one of that show? Which one is Love Life? That was Anna Kendrick was in the first season. Oh, I did watch. Apology thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched the first season and I liked it. My complaint about it was like the episodes. It was like, oh, she's pregnant. The second episode, she's had the kid. Like it was like very big time jumps. Um, Yeah uh and stuff like that so i i enjoy the first season so i haven't watched the second season yet yeah i still love the first season more but that also could be because i'm a huge anna kendrick fan um and also it's the perspective of a girl i'm gonna relate more to that um so i could feel for her with a, a lot of things i i could like you know relate to or connect to um but i do think that uh the season two is really good i love the perspective of a a male a male perspective on this one and they do still uh tie her in um she's like in i think i want to say two episodes so they kind of like you know they mentioned that so it's william jackson harper who um is playing the lead role he was um cheaty in um the good place Mm -hmm. and uh but yeah it's 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 good it's good i i just really i just love what they're doing with that i don't know how they're going to keep the anthology going though as far as you know are we going to see the same thing every year you know like it's just i guess you can do different there's i feel like there's eventually you're going to have to stop that show but it was good yeah i know i like the first season i will watch the second season eventually Mm-hmm. Uh, but that wraps up yep. no BS with Brian and Susan, right? Yep, that wraps it up. Please. Thanksgiving episode. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening. We're thank you for all of our listeners and our subscribers. Uh, we love you, uh, Susan. The same feeling goes to you. It's just a pleasure. Thankful for doing the show with you. Yeah, Thirty-three you. episodes. It's crazy. I know. Uh, and I am so looking forward to what movie you pick for me next week. <laughs> I got to I got to think on it. I got to think on it. <laughs> think on it, think on it, think on it. Uh and we will be back next time with some good topics and our thoughts on West Side Story. Yes. All right. Happy Thanksgiving everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. <laughs>